Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen Schrader, and I'm grateful to have you listening or watching uh, Behind the Springs today. I want to start this episode just kind of on a positive note. I know you've all heard a lot about COVID-19. Maybe you're tired of it. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people are, but at the same time, wanting to be informed. Um, and it's something that we need to continue to talk about. But I think it's really would be great to start this um, episode with a round of applause because we have some positive news today. Um, good news in the beginning of moving toward that light at the end of the tunnel um, in this pandemic. I realize there are skeptics and others who are maybe worried or unsure about getting this vaccine. And that is why it is my pleasure to welcome back Dr. Johnson, who is medical director of El Paso County Public Health. Thank you for being here this time with some positive news. Yeah, Jennifer, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I want to start, of course, we'll dive into talking a little bit about the vaccine, but let me just get your personal take on the arrival of the vaccine. I would imagine it's such a relief, somewhat emotional, maybe even. Um, how are you feeling about it after all these months of um, such unprecedented public health work? Yeah, actually, it is um, an unprecedented time. It is a moment that's really quite historical for many reasons. And, and I have to agree with you, it was quite emotional. On Monday, I had the privilege of being at UC Health when the very first dry run of vaccines was given and saw some of my friends and colleagues that I have worked with in the hospital and emergency room receive those first vac vaccines. And to realize that we now have a really strong tool in our toolbox to help us in that prevention and development of herd immunity takes us that one step even closer to the opportunity to return to normal. Yeah, such a relief um, and, and really emotional for a lot of folks. But I know there's a lot of questions out there about the safety of this vaccine. So let's yes. get to that um, uh, first of all. And it was it was developed quickly and that does concern some people. So can you talk briefly about the process and then some of the concerns that you're hearing? Yeah, so it's it's a pretty interesting thing. As we look at vaccines, the one of the longest was chickenpox, taking 35 years right, to, to be able to develop. And then mumps historically has been um, the quickest to be developed in four years. And so when we look at this in coming, you know, from the lab into production in less than a year, it's really unprecedented. But we have been set up for such unprecedented times. One, we have now DNA and genomic sequencing that we've not had in the past. We also, in this instance, had the world coming together in collaborations that have never been seen before across multiple uh, labs and multiple expertise to bring forward various options for these vaccines to be developed. And then we actually had investment from governments and from our um, pharmaceuticals, as well as other leaders to help hopefully finance this so that we had the resources needed for that investigation, research, trials, and 
at the same time that those were going on, instead of waiting sequentially as we have in the past, we began to stand up the potential for manufacturing so that when we did have enough information that this is a safe and efficacious vaccine, there would be a vaccine that was already produced and ready to be shipped to the public for um, receiving it. Whereas the normal way would have been to wait for that approval in, you know, before you start production. And that's what sped things up a great deal. Yes. And, and I think that in the past as well, that there um, has been some reticence to, to begin that production until you know that it's going to pan out, that the vaccine really is safe and efficacious. But our uh, global scientific um, and production agencies have been doing these concomitantly because the risk-benefit ratio and the need for it was so great that they stepped into that um, just very actively. And so that has shortened the time frame for that vaccine to be developed, to be tested, and now to be available to the public. And, and what can you talk a little bit about what's in the vaccine? I've heard a lot of people ask, is it is it like the flu vaccine? Is it different? What's what's in there? So there are various forms of vaccine. And, and we know that there were 10 vaccines that ultimately came, um, two from kind of each category. And the two that we're seeing coming forward right now um, is first the Pfizer vaccine. And the Pfizer vaccine is a messenger RNA vaccine. So it's just a little pocket of proteins that's held in a little fatty envelope that goes into your um, vaccine to give the picture to your cells so that they can produce the antibody um, recognizing the spike protein or the, the piece of the virus that would cause you to get infected. Okay. And so then if you were to see the live virus, it already has an arsenal of immunity to begin fighting it before the virus can get a foothold in making okay. you infected. Okay. And what are you, the other common question I've heard um, from folks and seen um, online as well is just um, the issue of side effects, which every vaccine does have some side effects, but can you talk about what is known at this point? Yeah. So this uh, vaccine and um, I just want to say really quickly, the Moderna vaccine, which we'll be following, we assume is following next week after another emergency use authorization from the FDA, is a similar messenger RNA vaccine. And we um, have information that the side effects related to this are just kind of that achiness and uh, little low-grade fever, maybe a little bit of a headache. And what you're seeing in those side effects is actually your immune system responding to the vaccine itself. That is why we get sick, but we have a much more broad and long-term um, slope of those kind of symptoms that then become additive as the virus impacts our organs, such as our lungs, so we get short of breath. What we want is to begin to get the immune system revving up just a little bit and then having enough of a picture and it just kind of settles down because there's no attack from the virus itself. Right. So, so that's what that's, you're saving. That's what you're saving yourself is that lo those long-term effects because people might say, well, what if all I get from the, 
from the virus is a headache and a little yucky feeling, but you don't know exactly what the long-term effects may be. Absolutely. And the virus um, has notoriously attacked our lungs and then our, our vessels. It's an endothelial virus. And so we can have multiple organs that get involved from our brain to our kidneys. And so this gives us the opportunity to kind of put you know, the picture in the army of our white cells and they go, you shall not pass. Right. 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 That's okay. Exciting. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. When, when will we have a better sense of if we've reached herd immunity? I know you and I have talked about herd immunity before. Um, yeah. when will we be able to, or how to gauge that? Yeah. So this is going to be a process. It's not like we're going up to McDonald's and we get our hamburger and then that's it. We have some time that's going to be required here. First, when I get my first vaccine, um, there's two two weeks before I begin to mount that first um, uh, immunity within myself. But then I, at the third week, I have to get a, a second shot. It's a two-shot series. So by the end of two weeks after my second shot, I should have 96%, 95% immunity to this virus. However... If I'm sitting next to you and you didn't get your shot, we could still, there's still that potential to pass it back and forth. And so we really anticipate people are going to need at, to wear their masks, maintain social distancing until we begin to get a, a percentage of the population that creates that herd immunity. And it, it'll be somewhere between 70 to 80% of the population getting a vaccine. Historically, that's what we've seen with vaccines, that we have to get to that greater percentage. But I believe what we'll see is not only the decrease in the, the numbers, the numbers of cases that we get, but we'll see even of those cases who do get it, less severe symptoms uh, because you won't have as big an inoculum. And so we will be following that data not only of the numbers of people getting their vaccine and who's received their second vaccine, but also the numbers of people who may be uh, testing positive and symptoms, hospitalizations, all this data that we've been tracking will help us to know when we're reaching that herd immunity. I was going to ask, I know I don't mean to put you on the spot. I know you can't predict the future, but I'm wondering, um, you know, is that 70 to 80 percent possible? Um, has that happened before with vaccinations? Um, is the medical community feeling confident that that may help? I mean, obviously, um, programs like this and information, getting the right information out um, to ease those worries is part of that. Um, and it's hard to predict. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we can reach um, those types of vaccine rates in our pediatric populations and childhood immunity or, or vaccine shots, right? Getting them up to date so they can go to school. And we have been able to eradicate smallpox. We see a huge um, impact on polio and measles. There have been some, you know, kind of kickback more recently in that. And we've had some outbreaks in measles in pockets of our population that have not wanted to get vaccines. And so there still is that concern. And historically, um, we've seen about 40 to 50 percent of people um, have uptake of the flu vaccine. So we are quite aware that there is some reticence historically, um, particularly in our adult populations, but this is a vaccine that um, is safe and effective 
um, based on all of the data we have, it has followed the same processes, even though the timing for all the reasons we talked about has been shorter. And it, um, when we look at any time we get a vaccine, it's that risk benefit ratio. And I do believe that uh, when you look at some of the outcomes and the way that COVID has shut, not not only some of our health down, but our economy and schools and that kind of impact, it makes sense to get vaccinated. That's right. That's a wonderful message. So, you know, to conclude, it's obviously going to take a little while to get everyone vaccinated. Um, yes. And I hope people know by now that those basic steps that we have talked about and that people are probably sick of hearing about um, are key. Yeah. And I don't really care that they're sick, right, of hearing about it because they're so important. So let's go over those prevention steps that are still so important. I, I mean, it's it's tempting to, to think the vaccine is here and to sort of almost unconsciously let our guards down. Um, so what are your words of wisdom for that? Yeah, that is a real, that is really tempting. I know that we're all really tired of this process, but the light is there and you have to remember that as the vaccine starts, it starts like a little trickle of water in the desert and we are awaiting um, increased flow of that water, but and it heralds that there are storms coming. So we have to stay the course, wear your mask, keep the six feet of distancing, keep washing your hands and cleaning surfaces, keep your group small and don't intermingle cross uh, households, stay home if you are sick and not feeling well, get tested. And if you've been in contact with somebody who has known COVID, Make sure that you quarantine so that you can break the connection of that infection. But we also, when it comes time, get vaccinated. This is our most powerful tool we have in the toolbox for prevention. And really, we can su do supportive treatment. We can give you Tylenol. Um, if you end up in the hospital, there's supportive treatment. But we don't have a cure for this. We have prevention. That is our um, biggest peace in the arsenal. So it's a really exciting time. Um, and it is a time to maintain our diligence and patience moving forward. That's so true. And um, speaking of moving forward, I do want to emphasize to people that, and you and I have said this all along when we've talked, is it is um, critical, especially when it comes to this vaccine, just as it was during the beginning of the pandemic, to rely on those um, sources of information that are credible um, yes. And so people can continue to rely on you all. El Paso County Health.org is a wonderful um, way to find out where do I get tested? What are my symptoms? How long do I quarantine? All those questions can be answered, um, but also to get reliable information about this vaccine. If people want to research it further or have additional questions, what do you recommend they do? So I, I again, I can't emphasize enough having reliable uh, resources. There's a lot of myths and a, and a lot of fear that is going around, particularly in social media. And so I think there are known websites that are helpful, CDC, the El Paso County Health.org, but also Johns Hopkins and has a great website and they have a bunch of webinars you can check into. Our hospital systems, UC Health, Centura and Children's are also great resources as um, you look for that information. Um, so be really careful um, that you vet this well. Right. Listen to the experts and not, you know, Uncle Joe. 
or whatever on social media. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly, right? I mean, there's just so much exactly. out exactly. there. You're right. Yeah. Everybody has Absolutely. their opinions and they're not all well researched. So it's important to do your own uh, research and your and get your own information from those those correct places. Yes. Okay. It, uh, absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to leave everyone with as a message or, I mean, just that, I think just that there's hope and, and promise, oh, I think is wonderful. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd like to speak to, you know, we have had this surge through October and November, and there's been a lot of conversation around that. And we had appeals and had to move to red right yes. after Thanksgiving. But I can tell you that over, we are past the potential time frame we would have expected to see a surge from Thanksgiving and have not seen that. And in fact, we're beginning to see some downward trends that are very hopeful. So I just want to thank the El Paso County and Colorado Springs community for the diligent work that they have done in prevention, because the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing some changes here. Um, that I think reflect people's willingness, even if reticent, <laughs> and their compliance with wearing their mask and doing that social distancing. So as we go into these holidays with Christmas and New Year's, let's just, in our solidarity, agree to stay the course because we do have um, additional tools coming. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and I feel like we have already proven we can do it. So let's build on what we've done. That's right. People are reluctantly sacrificing, but they are yes. sacrificing. And so that is no small task. So um, I think it's wonderful to say thank you yeah. to everyone and to just say, you know, keep, stay the course. Um, yeah. Let's honor what we've done by staying the course. So we keep adding on it and, and see um, what the, the benefits of that are, which that will eventually move that dial back and we'll begin to open the economy and, as we do that, we have vaccine that is another one of those layered preventive uh, measures and even stronger than the ones that we implement individually. So let's do it, Colorado Springs. All right. Thank you. And thank you so much for all of your work that you've done and continue to do. Um, you're appreciated and, and the whole staff at El Paso County Public Health. We appreciate thank all you. you're doing. So thank you for joining us and thank you everyone for listening. And again, uh, follow El Paso County Public Health on social media and the city and the county and those reliable sources so you can get the information you need and deserve. Um, and thanks so much for listening and watching to Behind the Springs. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.